Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5 Minute Major Radio. Tonight, my normal broadcast partner in crime, Matt Mester Giovanni. We are joined by longtime friend, longtime hockey companion, Boy Scout, etc. Go down the list, <laughs> Matthew Hoagland. Matt, thanks for joining the show tonight. Howdy, y'all. Yeah, so tonight, guys, we have a lot to discuss on our plate, obviously. Uh, like we mentioned last week, Flyers hockey is back. Um, tomorrow being the home opener. So we will highlight the Flyers are currently, I don't know if you two, two know, the Flyers are 1-0. Uh, after defeating the Chicago Blackhawks 4-3 to in Prague. Um, we will then give our thoughts on the home opener. And just kind of general around the league thoughts. And then now discuss the rage room at the Wallace Fargo Center. <laughs> so um, boys, we'll just head right into it. Uh, Matt, I'll give you courtesy being our guest. Uh, just your overall thoughts on the Flyers win against the Chicago Blackhawks last Friday in Prague. Sure. I, uh, I thought it was a great game. Uh, got, the boys came out like on fire. They, they seemed to really play the puck well, played play with each other well. Um, definitely a lot of, a lot of missing names with Patrick out and those other big guys. But uh, I, think, I think the lines were rolling, and it was a different chemistry than, than last year, definitely. Um, I'm, exci- I'm excited for these guys. I'm excited for tomorrow night as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt, your your initial thoughts on the uh, Flyers W? Um, it was different, but uh, it was a good different. Um, the Flyers actually scored the first goal of the game. Um, can't remember the last time that happened, but um, like Matt said, they came out on fire, played a good first period, a little – uh, a little shaky at first, but once they got the the wheels turning, uh, they played a really good game. Honestly, um, the forecheck was rolling, everything was going well for them. And um, Travis Konechny, uh obviously, if you guys don't know, they signed him, um, and he had three points. So, good start for the Flyers. Agreed. Yeah, Travis Konechny had a had a huge game. Um, all of last year, he only had one three point game in the entire season this year he's had one three-point game and one game's played um so i'll take that and his both his goals were absolute beauties um first that snipe and then the backhand snipe after he undressed the one chicago defender um of course overall my thoughts uh aline vigneault going going ahead and changing the lines after that disappointing effort that we touched on last week's episode matt and i did in regards to that game in switzerland and um it kind of you know, fly definitely got Flyers Twitter and a bit of a, a bit of a, some ruffled feathers, but uh, Olin Vigneault kind of made us all look like idiots who of those who opposed the line changes, and uh, overall it worked. Um, you know, I, I thought Ivan Provorov had an okay game. I mean, I am one of Ivan's biggest defenders personally. Uh, he started out shaky, but I think he got better as the game went on. Just it's first game of the year, so there's going to be some rust. Overall, I mean, Kevin Hayes showed again why the Flyers went out and made sure they got him a week before free agency starts so they had those extra negotiating rights. You know, it's looking like probably one of, if not one of the best offseason additions in the entire league. And, you know, Carter Hart was Carter Hart. I mean, not too many of the goals. I mean, you're playing Chicago Blackhawks. Are this are they the Chicago Blackhawks of years past? No, they're not. Uh, but when you still have, you know, Jonathan Thames and um, – Patrick Kane on your team, along with now a, re- a rejuvenized Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrinkett. Uh They still have some good weapons up there. And Patrick Kane also had three points. 
Uh, he had a point on, I think he had a goal and two assists. Um, so he was involved in every goal that Chicago scored. I mean, shocking news there, boys. Um, w- would it have been nice if it, they maybe kept the game at control and won 4-2 to and it wasn't a 4-3 game late? Sure. But, you know, they hunker down when they need to, and uh, they got the W, which is the most important thing. And I think it's the fourth year in a row they've actually started the season out 1-0. and So yep. hopefully they can kind of turn this in the right way in gears towards momentum. Um, cause moving on to the home opener guys. Now, uh, this is kind of what this, we've seen this from the flyers the past four years now where they've come out of the gate hot and either they've, you know, they've stumbled or they've gone with it and we're, you know, two and two versus making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. Um, so boys, either one on six takes the floor and, you know, give your thoughts and your, your opinions on going in the home opener tomorrow against the New Jersey devils and Wayne Simmons returning to Philadelphia. Go ahead, Nashra. Um, I think it's going to be a toss-up at this point. Um, it kind of brings to the brings to like the uh, the rest versus rust aspect. Where um, I mean, they've had what's it called? Let's see, one, two, three, four. This will be tomorrow. Counting tomorrow, they'll have five um, days between games, um, plus that travel all the way back from Prague. Um, they did have a day off today, I saw, but um, I did see that actually most of the team actually practiced and skated today, which was cool. I think that was on I, Monday, actually, not to interrupt you there, Master. I think that was Monday was their men did it off, but a lot of players it? showed up and the majority of the team came to skate on their own. Uh, I got to double check that. No. Oh, yeah. Monday. Sorry. I just saw the tweet today. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but. I mean, that shows that they obviously want to stay sharp, stay fresh, um, and it's good initiative by them where I'm, I'm sure it's it's a, a brownie points for the players and the coaching staff's book, especially for Vigneault. Um, it's going to be – I feel like there's going to be a lot of emotion in tomorrow's game, uh, especially with Wayne Simmons coming back to the Wells Fargo Center for the first time. Um, I think it's, it's the first time, right? Yep. Yeah, the first time since he got traded uh, after that stadium series game. But um, I'm sure he'll get a warm welcome, followed by a not-so-warm welcome. Um, <laughs> knowing the Flyers' luck, he'll probably score a hat trick and get the game winner somehow. But um, it'll be exciting to see him again. Obviously not exciting to see him in a Devils jersey, but just knowing what he did for this team, how he played and what he gave to the city, all that, it'll be uh, he'll get a nice standing ovation. Maybe even a tribute video for Lucky. But... Um, the Devils, I mean, the Devils are a different team, too. Aside from uh, Simmons being back, they can't overlook the Devils um, being kind of a re- re- uh, revamped team here uh, with guys like Jack Hughes, um, Taylor Hall's back. They got Subban on the blue line. So, I mean, the Devils are uh, no joke. Yeah, they, they're no joke at this point. So uh, the Flyers kind of have to put that whole – put the uh, the personal emotion aside and still play hockey and hopefully come away with two points. Yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, you know, <clears throat> these these Devils, they're they're a scary team, but they've uh they've eaten some some games this past this past weekend. They went went up what four nothing against the Jets and lost in a shootout. Like, yep. That that's that's pretty tough. You can't you got to hold on to that lead there. And then um, then then the the next night they lose seven two to Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Buffalo is not that good either. Like they they. I think we have a strong, strong, uh, strong chance 
against them, but I mean, you never know. Like, you know, you can't contain freaking Taylor Hall and freaking. You never know with Jack Hughes either. Could go off and score a Hattie against us, knowing knowing his luck as a as a rookie. Um, I definitely think the boys will come out hot t- tomorrow night, especially being at home, uh, especially coming off that one nothing win. Um, I did read that yesterday was a mandatory uh, day off from the NHL, um, but it, it is pretty sweet that everybody skated anyways, except for I think I thought I read Lawton and Niskanen for some medical reasons or something like that. Yeah, I saw apparently Lawton was getting his wisdom teeth out. Yikes. <laughs> so, and I saw somewhere, I don't know where this came from, but apparently someone made a joke about Niskanen getting Botox. So, <laughs> really? I don't know where that came from, but that's what I just saw on Twitter. But that's kind of funny. But yeah, Lawton apparently was getting his wisdom teeth out, which I found kind of funny as well. But yeah, like you guys said, it's good to see that the, the players taking initiative on a, a mandated day off. Um, and they still want to obviously work and keep the legs sharp and stay fresh for tomorrow night. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm definitely pumped. I'm amped that Matt, Matt and I will be there. Um, so I'm just I'm just amped to go see Flyers regular season hockey again, yet again in person. And overall, you know, I'm expecting the boys to come out hot. Uh, they want to put forth uh, they um, th- you know, they're pro athletes in Philadelphia. They know what's been said about them for the past couple of years. So does Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek. Like this core that's been here the past couple of years knows they've gotten kind of a bad rep in the city. And you know, Claude Giroux, he's the long he's currently the longest tenured Philadelphia athlete. Yep. So he knows what the city's like when you're winning. Um, and you can definitely tell based on what you've seen behind the scenes in these flyers behind the glass on NHL network. That the man gives a damn, and he wants to win the Stanley Cup very badly here in Philadelphia. Um, like I said, I expect the boys to come out hot and roll. And honestly, you know, Matt, I was saying this all summer on our podcast. You know, the Devils don't scare me. I still don't think they're that good of a hockey team. Yes, Jack Hughes is phenomenal. He's a, he's a generational talent, but he's a rookie, and he's not Connor McDavid and not Austin Matthews. He's probably a step below them. He could be there one day, but he's not not there yet. Wayne Simmons doesn't scare me anymore. I mean, I love Simmer. I love him to death. Uh, I do feel betrayed by him signing with the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Um, he will get you know a cheer from me during his tribute, which I'm sure he'll get a video. But after that, I'm booing the man. Um, Matt knows my, you know, both you guys probably know my feelings. We probably talked about it. Then the man played here almost a decade in Philadelphia. New Jersey Devils are supposed to be one of your arch rivals, a team that you hate. And yeah. hockey players keep rivalries around for a while. And, you know, you could have signed back here in Philly, but I'm sure the Flyers probably weren't offering him what the Devils paid. But at the end of the day, loyalty has to mean something. And me personally, you know, I I love Simmer the day he stops playing for the Devils or a team in the Metropolitan Division, but I'm booing him. And I I am not ashamed to admit it. You know, if 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 he went and signed with Toronto, where he's from, or Ottawa, or, you know, even... You know, a team we hate that's outside of it, like the Boston Bruins. I wouldn't have given them crap for it because it's the Boston Bruins and they're perennial winners. And who can blame them? You know, the Bruins <laughs> were just in the Stanley Cup final. Like the dude wants to win. Like, yeah. good for you, Wayne. You're going to a place to so have a chance. But New Jersey, you have Corey Schneider, who can't stay healthy, who looked really bad over the weekend. Yeah. And um, Mackenzie Blackwood, who's the other backup goalie, who I'm sorry. I'm taking Carter Hart in net over Blackwood any any day of the week. Uh, so I just don't 
And Nikita Gusev hasn't showed up yet. And I'll watch, of course, tomorrow night. No, I'll Goose, that'll be the game that Gusev shows up finally. Uh, but based off what I've seen from the Devils over the weekend, they've been embarrassed. And Corey Schneider is getting the start tomorrow night. He has not been good. He's prone to injuries. Blackwood got lit up Saturday night against the Buffalo Sabres, who, you know, are an okay team. They do have, you know, they do have Jack Eichel, Casey Middlestad, uh, Jeff Skinner, and Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, they have some good pieces, and they're definitely trending upward. Um, but, you know, they got, you know, they got embarrassed. Definitely the Devils are going to come out. They're going to they're gonna want to try and show their fans that they're that that they're not a joke that the hockey world thinks of them right now. Um, but overall, you know, I'm expecting the Flyers to come out hot, play well in front of this stadium crowd. Also, a lot of the team, Matt Hoagie, you and I were at this game last year, last year's home opener. I'm sure a lot of Flyers on this current roster remember what happened last home opener yeah, when they got shelled. What was it like nine to two by the San Jose Sharks? Yeah, it was something. Not- not a great oh, yeah, start to your home ice season. And yeah. I'm thinking a lot. That might be in the mind of a lot of players. They're going to say, you know what? We're going to come out and we're going to give this Philly crowd what they want. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll even give, be as bold to give a score prediction for tomorrow. Ooh. I'm going to say it's 5-1 Flyers. Oh, I, I, I think Carter Hart lets in one goal. And other than that, I think they just stormroll the Devils. I think it's no contest. Now, I, I will accept full responsibility if they lose. I will own up to it completely, but I'm saying a 5-1 Flyers win tomorrow, boys. I am that confident. The only, the only two teams <laughs> in the division that really give me any, like, eh feelings are the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Other than that, I think the Flyers are a top three team in this division this season, and I'm going to bet with that. I also said that Travis Konechny will score 30 goals this season, and he's already got two, so he's that... All- that's just trending upward right now. So, uh, Ryan, hot the moment. There's Did a... you either you boys want to give score predictions? Um, I gotta, I gotta say a couple things piggybacking off of that bold prediction. Um, one thing I will say is that I feel like the Devils are gonna come into this game almost with a little bit of desperation. Uh, I hate to use that word. Uh, just three games into the season, but they have yet to win. Uh, they're o one and one at this point. So. The Flyers have to kind of come in, and this takes me to my next point, where they have to come in strong, and they have to kind of – this is a really good chance for the Flyers to build on momentum, which is something that they had a lot of trouble doing last season, game after game, uh, night in, night out, that kind of stuff. But coming off that win in the Czech Republic, this is their only home game for the next 10 days. So after this, they play this game, and then they go on the road, like I said, for the next 10 days – on the Western Canada swing, they play Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton back-to-back, and then they come home again for the first time in, again, 10 days against Dallas on the 19th. So this is one of those things where they want to keep the momentum from overseas going and then ride that into this road trip because the schedule is not easy to start off because they've probably already traveled more than any other team in, in the um, in the league, maybe aside from Chicago since they were also overseas, but coming home from one game and going right back on the road all the way to Western Canada is going to be tough. So. Whereas Chicago is going into a nice seven-game homestand. Yeah. Whereas the Flyers' so, longest homestand this entire season is three games. This, this, game is gonna be, yeah. this game is going to be big where, like I said, they want to keep the ball rolling. They want to. That's one of my biggest keys for them this year is that they have to be consistent. And 
They have to be able to ride the momentum from one night into another game and not just act like they haven't played hockey before and come in and lay an egg. So this is a big game. They don't want to look down on the Devils. They don't want to play down to them, which is something they did a lot last season too. So they need to come out strong, bury them early, and just keep their foot on the gas and just, like I said, just get get two points and then go on the road. So... This is a, I'd say this is a big game, the first big game of the season, because, I mean, the home, the season opener is special, all that, being in Europe, but back in front of the home crowd, it's going to be rocking in the Wells Fargo Center, and they need to obviously harness that energy and just play their game. Uh, score, score prediction, Matt? Are you going to be so bold? Are you going to follow my cotton strategy there? I don't want to make a score prediction. <laughs> Just after all that we've gone through last season with this team, I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to make any predictions this season unless they go on a, a hot streak or anything like that. But there's no telling. There's no. Maybe that's a good thing though, since it's like there's a lot of new faces and stuff like that. There's really, for me at least personally, there's no prediction for this game. Well, Hoagie, what what are your thoughts? Do you have? Are, will you be? Uh, willing to make a bold strategy, Cotton, there and a score prediction. You know what? I'll go four-two Flyers, and I'm okay. gonna go, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Kevin Hayes at least a goal. Oh, okay. I mean, I think Kevin Hayes is gonna come out hot. Um, he looked he looked he was definitely noticeable in the first game. You, they they started they definitely started to try to try to spring him, try to give him his his first goal as a Flyer. It's definitely in the third period. I think he's gonna come out tomorrow night. Probably probably. Put some shots on that and put some quality shots on that. I was I was really excited to see him. You, you definitely noticed him. It like it was different with him out there. Like yeah, when Simmons was out there as a flyer, he's big. He's he's out there. But Kevin Hayes, he's he's big and he can make plays with his body, and definitely keep people away from him with the puck. So I'm I'm excited for him to come out. I think I think Drew's on a probably I think Drew's on a, go quiet again tomorrow night, like like he did on Friday. Him and him and Voracek will probably be quiet. Really, I I I kind of think that Voracek and Drew both might come out high the gate because they want to set a good tone for this Philly crowd this season. They could. I mean, I mean, Drew definitely. He he might he might come out and surprise us and, and just go off. But I mean, after Friday with him, Voracek, and who else went quiet on Friday? Was it JVR? Coots, JVR. Yeah, like all those big names that were paying these guys, like they all went quiet. Where you know, freaking Travis Konechny, who definitely got paid the way he should have. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had a phenomenal game, and I think I think he's definitely gonna come out super hot and ready to ready to roll some bodies, like he usually does. <laughs> so hey, if if TK drops the gloves tomorrow night with someone the Devils, I wouldn't be surprised either because he's just the type of player. He'll be the type of player to go after Simmons. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, it's gonna be weird because oh, and, you know Simmons being here for so long and being here with a lot of the guys on this core. You know, Simmons is still probably a beloved character in this city. Um, uh, although I'll, I'll, I know for sure the fan base is divided. There's some that will say Wayne Simmons can do no wrong, and there's probably another portion who feel like me, where yeah, I love him, but you did me dirty, bruh. Um, <laughs> so who who knows? Uh, until it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I agree, you know, TK is going to come out big. Like I mentioned, Giroux. I'm hoping that, that Giroux definitely will come out of the gates firing. Uh, I hope Voracek kind of does. Now, now that, you know, he's been named officially as, a, as an assistant captain this season, I'm hoping we can see big things from, big things from Jake. Because when Jake Voracek's on, 
you know, he's easily a top five right winger in the entire league. It's, but when he's off, he's really <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, and we've all talked about that before. Um, so it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not worried. You know, it's Carter Hart versus Corey Schneider. Corey Schneider is not the same goalie that we saw in Vancouver all those years when he was backing up Luongo, then in a tandem with Luongo, and then when he was in the tandem with Marty Brodeur. He's not that same goalie anymore. He's gotten old. He's gotten injury prone. And, you know, he, he left the game against, uh, against the Jets with an injury. Um, apparently it was cramping, or that's at least what the Devils said. Who truly knows? No uh, medical report was released, obviously. Um, but, you know, I just, Corey Schneider's not Corey Schneider anymore. And so, you know, at this point, you know, I, you know, obviously Philadelphia bias. Carter Hart's the next coming of Jesus. So, um, you know, I'm thinking a big game from Carter Hart, definitely in front of this Philly crowd. Here's hoping, fingers crossed, he breaks out those all-black pads we saw in training camp because those things are disgusting in the most pleasant way possible. Yes. So, boys, uh, I think, unless you guys got anything else to add on about the home opener coming up tomorrow, which, of course, is... 730 p uh, 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will be on Wednesday Night Hockey on NBCSN. Sorry, no free ads, but gotta give people what they want and know where they can watch the game. It'll also be on 97.5 The Fanatic FM back in Philadelphia. Um, but that's gonna be a big thing. Unless you boys got anything else to add about the home opener, we can move on to you know our next topic for tonight's episode, and we can talk about some random things around the league. Sure, let's do it. Yeah, so I guess the first and foremost thing we can talk about uh, that happened today uh, was that a unrestricted free agent was signed, and a rather important one headed back home. Uh, Patrick Marlowe signed a one-year contract with the San Jose Sharks worth seven hundred k, so a little bit above league minimum. Um, of course, obviously he got traded from the Toronto Maple Leafs to the Carolina Hurricanes this offseason. Carolina bought him out, and thus he was a free agent. He had talks with a couple other teams. Originally went to the Sharks. They weren't interested. Right now, of course, the Sharks are a dumpster fire. Can't get a save from Martin Jones or um, on and Anders Dell. Um, and they're just not scoring, and their defense is a wreck. So I'm thinking they're definitely looking to bring Patrick Marlowe back in, who's a, probably still a big voice in that locker room. Because that core is still there that he left <coughs> a couple years ago, and you know he's Mister. When you when you think of the San Jose Sharks, you think of Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe. Um, so a big signing for him. I'm sure he's happy to go home. Um, so boys, what are your thoughts on Patty Marlowe heading back home to San Jose, California? I was uh, not surprised, but but I don't know. I I, I saw it. And I was like, huh. Going home. He's been there for what twenty years at least. It was, and I, uh, I think, I think this might be that kind of towards the end for him. I think maybe one more run and see where it ha- see what happens, and then might call it quits. Maybe if they're not in contention this year, he might get traded off again, and then probably see you later. Yeah, probably for him, for him and Jumbo. Um, I don't. I don't think the Sharks, the team they're showing right now, I think they just still have too much skill. I mean, Martin Jones has proved that he's one of the better goalies in the league when you know when he's playing right. I mean, they have Eric Carlson and Brent Burns 
along yeah. with Logan Couture, and I, we can just keep on listing their all-star names they have on that roster. Um, but you're right, Matt. It kind of is, you know, maybe this might be it for Pat and Patrick Marlowe. Uh, Master, what are your thoughts on Marlowe? Um, I think it's the, the right move uh, for the Sharks and for Marlowe. Um, if this is his last season, he obviously, I would assume, wants to play with the team that he's played the majority of his career with. Uh, he's 40 years old now. He's at the tail end of his career, I'd say. But um, knowing how skilled San Jose is, like you said, Dave, um, they can hopefully make a run for him. Um, and then if they do fall short, then I'd, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he called it quits after this season. Or, um, as mentioned before, if he got dealt near the trade deadline to a pot- uh, potential contender. Um, but he probably, I'm sure, has deep roots in San Jose. So going back there from being in Toronto for the past couple of years probably isn't too much of a transition. It's probably nice to be back in familiar territory. Um, he's just one of those guys where he's been around for a long time. Uh, unfortunately hasn't had any success with a cup, um, but maybe he'll get one uh, this year. I don't know, but I don't want to say I hope not because then like the Flyers won't win, but <laughs> he obviously like he could be one of those guys where he's going to be because uh, reading this article on NHL.com, he's San Jose's leader in games, goals, and points. Um, so he's obviously going to be a San Jose, uh, what's he called? Uh, well, let me rephrase that. His name is definitely going to be in the rafters in San Jose, I'd yes. say. Um, maybe a Hall of Famer, who knows. Um, but he yeah, just unfortunately hasn't been able to get over the hump to get a cup. Um Probably thought he could do it in Toronto, but again, the Maple Leafs always ran into the Bruins and couldn't get over that hump. So, just been yeah. a tough ride for him. But I'm sure he's glad that he's home. He's still making a decent chunk of money, and he's probably just having fun with it at this point. For sure, for sure. Uh, a couple other big games that happened this weekend. Of course, since the season started, obviously Toronto and um, you know that, that opening game with Toronto and Ottawa was obviously a, a fantastic game. Um, the Sharks, the Sharks Golden Knights games to start the year have been a powder keg. That's become one of the best rivalries in the NHL already in that short history of both of those teams. Um, and over the weekend, you had Sidney Crosby dropping the gloves with Pierre Luc Dubois of yeah. the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hold on. Hold on. You didn't Let fight him on. though; you wrestled him. Let me chime in on that one. I commented on that freaking. <laughs> Bleacher Report thing, and I go, didn't even do anything. Fucking child, like always, probably called for help from the refs. And some some guy whose handle on Bleacher Report was Pens Mets Fins goes, I wager he could fuck you up. I didn't reply, but someone that's that has a handle of Pens, Mets, and Dolphins shouldn't even fucking talk. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on now. Unless he's, talking, unless he's from Finland. I doubt it. <laughs> um, yeah. Other than that, there's been you know just overall you know it's it's NHL season. There's been a crap ton of games that have started since last Wednesday, and overall it's just nice. It's a nice feeling when you, when you can sit down on your couch at home and turn on the TV and go ah, there's hockey on. It's a fantastic uh, feeling. So this so again just to touch on that Sharks Knights rivalry again, it kind of sucks. They don't play each other again until mid November. Well, Evander Kane will be back by then from suspension. Well, I mean, so, yeah, he's, he's already back, but I'm just saying they don't play each other again until November 21st. So 
I mean, I'm sure, like you said, this this has become one of the best rivalries in the game at this point. So I think every game will have its fireworks, especially with Ryan Reeves on the ice. Uh, but yeah, that's I wouldn't be surprised if there be there's fireworks on that game. But kind of sucks it'll maybe have things settle down. But once it gets closer, I'm sure it'll ramp up again. It's almost like WWE promotions where they're having guys kind of like uh, not. Not poke fun at each other, but I guess, for lack of better terms, talk shit. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that next meeting. But uh, Vegas has had their number so far, so we'll see. Vegas is 2-0, obviously they've only played the Sharks. Um, and they, I think they've scored nine goals in those two games. Yeah. Um, so offense definitely not being a problem for the Vegas Golden Knights. And Ryan Reeves, man, he, he is a player who, who I've always kind of said, I want him in orange and black. It's yeah. probably not going to happen because he's getting a little bit older. Um, he's a personality, and there's a problem with hockey. Sometimes there's not enough personality in our game, unfortunately. Sometimes you do get a couple some bland athletes here and there, um, unless you're in our beer league, of course, and there's tons of personality. Um, but, uh, you know, Ryan Ray was just the, the comments he was making about when, uh, when a reporter asked him about Evander Kane being suspended. It's like, well, you can't be taken by to be taken down by a ref, eh? It's embarrassing. I'm like, damn, like, I can't wait till he's back because that's going to be an absolute tilt. Um, yeah. Of course, ho- fighting still belongs in hockey. Everyone remembers that. Um, but he's just a, a guy who, looks stirs the pot. You know, he's a big, bruising power forward. I wouldn't call him an enforcer because he can play. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not like Jody Shelley or, you know, uh, rest yeah. in peace to yeah. Derek Bugard. Or or a um, John Scott or, or John Scott All Star MVP John Scott though we have to make note of that. Um, <laughs> but never, he, yeah. he, he's not one of the guys who is a true enforcer, where really their only purpose out there was to fight. You know Ryan Reeves, the dude can play. He's a good fourth line um, forward. Now of course there's probably a good portion of people around the United the States United and Canada, States. maybe especially in the San Jose area who think he's not like that. Uh, but I can tell you, definitely tell you right now that the people in St. Louis and the people of Las Vegas love Ryan Reeves. And um, I, oh, he's always a player. When I'm doing my NHL be a GM mode, and I see he's a free agent, throw him a contract there and in a good old NHL and add him on my fourth line for that good old hockey uh, hockey mentality toughness there. But um, boys, do either of you have any highlights from this past almost week now of NHL action? Um, I'm tired of fucking hearing that the Bruins are 2-0 up here in good old Boston, so I'm hoping they fucking lose tonight to the Golden Knights, so. Um, who are also 2-0, the Golden Knights. Yeah, um, the Leafs are exciting to watch. Yeah, the Leafs are always exciting to watch, and this, you know, they had that same problem as you know, they did last year, where they're getting a little too running gunny. They yeah. blew a... F- they blew a 4-1 lead against the Montreal Canadiens Saturday and lost. And the uh, son of former Flyer, Sammy Captain, Kasperi Captain, broke his stick and then threw it at uh, at um, uh, Jeff Petrie. At, at Jeff Petrie, who then scored on the penalty shot. And I'm sure we try and keep this podcast feeling rated. Matt, the couple ones you dropped already there, it's fine. But uh, everyone knows the chirp that... Um, that Max Domi threw at Casperi Kapanen. Um, for those of you who want to go look and read it and read lips, 
you'll definitely know what we're talking about there, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but overall, just adding to that rival, you know, that that history of that rivalry. Um, but yeah, you know, just been there's been a lot of good games and a lot of good action tonight. There's a couple of good games going on right now. Um, the Jets are beating the Penguins four to one, so that makes me happy to see. Uh, of course, but Sidney Crosby got another scored his first goal of the year. Um, Apparently, you know, this is his favorite day too. What, what was the thing earlier? Hold on, let me find it. Fourteen years after scoring his first NHL goal, Sidney Crosby's not notches goal number four forty seven. Hey, you know, good, for, <laughs> you know, good for Sid. You know, in years past, you know, I I used to always. Hate on Sid growing up a flyer. In my younger days, the flyer said before I grew to you know, respect overall athletes. Like, yes, I hate Sidney Crosby because he plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But let's be real here. If the Philadelphia Flyers drafted Sidney Crosby, he would be, you know, beloved. He'd be in the same talks as Eric Lindros, John LeClaire, Simone Gagne, Bobby Clark, etc. He'd be in that group of Philadelphia athlete. Um so you know, hate him because he's a penguin, but love and respect his skill and kind of happy now because, you know, the, the league without Sidney Crosby is definitely a lighter place. And there's a couple of years where you thought he might retire because he might not be able to play anymore because of all those concussions. Yeah, it's glad to see that the man's come back and definitely gotten everything that he's gotten back before he had the concussion issues. Yeah. One thing I will say is that uh, the game going on right now, the Oilers and the Islanders are playing, and James Neal has a natural hat trick. He's got, he's got five goals already this season, which is already one one less than Milan Lucic had all season last year with the Oilers. And James Neal only had seven goals last year, yeah. the entire season for the Calgary Flames. And so I he's mean, got five now. Who I mean, what player isn't going to get a boost playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl? So, um, like they, I think Spitting Chicklets said it first, where they definitely, I definitely have him penciled in for at least thirty goals this year. Oh, if he plays with McDavid the whole year for sure. Yep. Um, I think that's kind of it for now. Um, yeah. What say we rage a little bit? Oh, oh yes, a rage. I do love some rage against machine. Uh, boom. But uh, there's Matt. If you want to, you're the one who broke the news to me about this, so I'm gonna. Uh, Master, I'm going to let you take the reins on the Rage Room. All right. So bear with me here because um, I'm going to read off this article, and then I'm also going to express how I feel about it all. But um, uh, the Flyers um, announced earlier today that there is a disassembly room that is now part of the Wells Fargo Center. Um, earlier this month, so this is a quoted from the article, earlier this month, the Wells Fargo Center unveiled the assembly room as part of its completely reimagined new city terrace level. Um, it's named after the assembly room in Independence Hall in the historic Philadelphia, blah, blah, blah. It's basically a standing room only area, uh, one of the first of its kind for the NHL and even in any sort of arena. Um, but now, uh, the rage, the quote unquote rage room is... Um, appropriately named the disassembly room, which is behind the assembly room. So, um, according to the article, it's the rage room style space allows fans and guests a stress relieving outlet amid all the game action. Um, as Flyers fans, we definitely have a lot of stress that we need to take out. So, this could be a good idea. 
Uh, through scheduled sessions that can be re reserved in advance, participants wearing protective gear can smash, break, and unleash their rage upon everyday items like TVs, dishes, TVs and dishes using bats, sledgehammers, and more. Some of the items that can be disassembled might even bear the logo of an opposing team, so you might be able to hit a TV with a sledgehammer that has a Penguins logo on it. What um, could go wrong? Yeah, but... <laughs> So it seems like a cool thing. Um, it's obviously, again, according to the article, it's part of the Wells Fargo's uh, quote-unquote Transformation 2020 project, uh, basically revamping the entire arena to make it state-of-the-art. Uh, part of that has obviously been the new scoreboard above the ice, uh, the new standing room only, assembly room, like I said, this new rage room. They also just unveiled Gritty's Command Center, um, whatever that. That what seems fun. Um <laughs> All I saw, it basically, the Gritty Command Center to me just looks like a, a, a construction site. And I saw a guy, um, a, a little kid getting sprayed in the face with orange powder. So, I don't know how that works, but pretty, that's, pretty much the, that's the gritty, there now. The Gritty Room is is like Gritty's headquarters, like where Gritty lives at the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, so it's like yeah, a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of TVs and different NHL games on it, like computers set up kind of. Like he's like watching the whole arena, um, and you can get like your face powdered and face painted to look like ready. Yeah, but so that stuff's here now. But um, it takes me to the next part of of this whole thing where I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer here, but um, for me personally, uh, it's cool that they're doing all this stuff in the arena. Uh, I tweeted this earlier, um, basically saying that I'm all for making the the game experience better in the arena itself. But uh, myself, and I'm sure you guys and so many other people would probably agree with this in the fact that at the end of the day, people want to go to the Wells Fargo Center to see a good hockey team. Um, yep. All this stuff is an added, should be an added bonus to that, where I feel like, again, myself, um, personally, I wouldn't go to the, a Flyers game, especially with how expensive things are nowadays, to waste almost half the game uh, smack it, smashing something with a hammer or having orange powder sprayed in my face. Um, but again, I'm there for the game. I'm sure everyone else is too. This stuff is just added bonuses to add to the experience of being there. But again, I think it's all it's all well and good that they're doing this kind of stuff. But I think, again, myself and everyone else just wants a good hockey team to watch and just wants a good experience game-wise as opposed to stuff – I don't want to say gimmicks, but they are kind of gimmicks where they're almost they might be distracting you from the fact that the Flyers might be playing poorly. But it's like, I mean, does anyone really get that angry at a Flyers game where they're like, "I wish I could smash a TV right now"? Um, <laughs> uh, the answer is but, probably yes. I mean, I guess that's it's good that that option is available now, but it's like, come on, like. At that point, I would just be like, listen, take it easy. Like, you you should know how this team works. Like, why are you so angry? But it will be cool. Um, I'd be – it'd be cool to go in the rage room. But, again, it's not one of those things where it's like I'm not going to make it my mission to get in there during a game. Um, but I'm sure you guys, again, can echo this sentiment that I just want to see them play well and win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree, uh, Mastro, you know. I, th I think the Gritty Command Center is more for kids and more yeah. for families to do. It's aimed at, you know, the, at, at you know, targeting the younger audience, and it's trying to improve the overall fan attitude. 
Um, at the end of the day, I just agree with everything you said. You know, it, like it's cool that the, the Flyers now have it, and Comcast is doing it to try and improve the stadium experience at the Wallace Fargo Center. But notice a couple of years ago, uh, like 10 years ago, when the Flyers you know, were a winning competitive Stanley Cup contending team, they didn't have to do this type of stuff. Because yeah. everyone who went to the Wells Fargo Center went to go watch a damn good hockey team. Um, and that then they that's all I care about. You know, I'm a season ticket holder now this season. So I've literally I know I'm I've given a good chunk of my money to this team. Yeah. It's, it's an event it's an investment. You know, I definitely want to see my money be put towards something that's gonna be a good product, or else guess what? I'm gonna be a consumer and say I wasn't given what I was promised. I'll have my subscription and now I'm revoking it. You don't get my money anymore. Well, it even, of course, it, yeah, it takes me back to last year, like when I shared that I shared a season ticket package with my friend and his dad and a family friend of theirs. And we talked about this on this same podcast last season where there was a time where the Flyers were giving away free tickets. And as a season ticket holder, you pay good money for those tickets and people are getting them for free because the team is awful. And it's like you're giving this team thousands of dollars, which they pretty much don't need. But. And like you see, you see emails going out to people where they're basically just giving away tickets. I, w- I mean, you can go back and listen to them, but I was, I was pissed off that that was happening. Where I paid my good hard earned money to go see these games, even though they were pretty much awful for all of the season last year. And they're giving away tickets. There were little to no perks to being a season ticket holder. Uh, I'm kind of bummed I didn't do it this year, but I mean, I don't have the money for a full season ticket package, but. Um, they definitely know that they screwed up on the ice and off the ice because the person, the people that I was sharing this te- this ticket package with, they didn't renew their subscription because of the fact that a the team was so bad and b you really didn't get anything out of the experience besides having guaranteed seats in the same place for every game. There were none. There was no inside edge like they have now with the uh, you get like what is it, Dave? You have like the debit card for concessions and. Um, the fan shop, you get your own like lane for concessions. Like none of that was around, and I don't know how it took them that long to figure out that there's the people that are giving them the most amount of money as season ticket holders, and the people that have been dedicated to this team for so long, financial wise, time wise, all that stuff, aren't getting treated nearly as well as they should be. So it's uh, it's funny that you say that, Matt, because uh, last year I was a just a partial plan holder. I had what, like 10 games or something like that, Dave or uh-huh. something. I and think so. Obviously I didn't get to go to all those games cause I moved halfway through the season to Boston. Um, and like even going to those games as a partial plan holder, I was like, man, this really fucking sauce. I'm watching them lose every freaking night. Yeah. And last year, my mom's best friend from college, she ended up giving up her season tickets after 40 years. Yes, yep. She was just so upset with what the Flyers organization was turning to. Like, like I don't know. Like, she, she didn't like the whole dance team idea. She didn't like all the theatrics that they were turning into, like, an AHL team is. Like, the whole – the what they're doing in, like, the lobby and everything, I expect to see that at a Phantoms game, yeah. not a Flyers game. Also, I was show, I was watching a video last week or something like that where like gritty is I, I and you both know how much I love gritty, but gritty's <laughs> in the stands during play and making a commotion during play, like, and he's in the lower stands too. Like, I'm like, come on, dude! Like, there's a time, and there's a place, not during play. 
Yeah. Like, you got to do it during commercials, during intermissions, what what have you, not during play. Like, I love my Flyers. I, I love the organization. I want to see them win a fucking Stanley Cup. Excuse my language. But they are gearing more towards a family-friendly um, atmosphere, which – I understand, like we're the bat, we're the Broad Street Bullies. We're all, we're always going to be tough, and and the fans are going to be tough to each other. Like 2010 playoffs, I got a beer spilled on me, and I'm like, "Yep, this is what it means to be a Philly, be a Philly <laughs> fucking fan." You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, that I was like, "Yeah, this is awesome." And then like now they're just changing it so much. So yeah, they're they're definitely changing it. You now I I had some inside sources. Um, not a big deal. Uh, mentioned to me that actually was one. This is one of Chuck Fletcher's ideas. He came in and he said to like the Flyers marketing PR says like, what this previous regime did for this fan base was not enough, and we need to change it because I can tell you right now that I can tell that we have a negative fan opinion right now of this team, and obviously you know when you have a negative fan opinion, that's going to leak into your locker room and it's going to affect the play on the ice at some days. Yeah. Um, and so definitely they've definitely put a good effort in as far, you know, season tickets, you know, they did raise prices, but you know, um, you know, one of the perks this year is you get, you get to skate with the team, which is like, like, you know, Claude Drew has been one of my favorite hockey players since he broke into the Flyers back in 2008. Like I think my girlfriend, Brandon is going to have to control me from fangirling. If I get a chance to like meet and shake Claude Drew's hand, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, and a photo day with gritty and, you're right, Matt. They do have your own. Not only do you get uh, 20% off on concessions and merchandise, you have your own lanes, your own like line for both of those items. Um, and they're, they're just overall, they, they say they renovated the season, the season ticket holder lounge, but Master and I both know it's just a bar. It's in their own <laughs> private room. Um, but yeah, other than that, no, I, I feel as though the Flyers, they're trying to do things to improve you know, their image in Philadelphia is that because they're used they're they're owned by Comcast. They're used to being up here. And right now they're down here and they're not a fan of that. And Comcast is going to they, they have the pockets. The pockets are very deep at Comcast and they have the money to do this. And the Wells Fargo Center still is a beautiful arena. It was before the renovations. Now it's getting a modern touch. The, the new scoreboard is, you know, Hoagie, I hope for you get to come down back from uh, being talent and come down to a game and go view the scoreboard. Cause it is, it's something to be seen. Um, yeah. But boys, we are approaching that time. Now, is there anything else you two would like to add into closing? Uh, James Neal has four goals now. <laughs> Damn. So he now <laughs> officially has as many goals in three games this season. than Lucic did in 72 or 79 with uh, the Oilers last year. I think Calgary's going to regret that trade there. But I think both players need to change in scenery, but Lucic is not James Neal. Yeah. Lucic is a a lost cause at this point. You hate to see it. You just hate to see it. Also, speaking of, like, meeting Flyers players, did you guys see – I met Michael Layton a while ago. Did you guys see he retired yesterday? Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike, yeah, Michael Ayton did retire. Yeah. So I think I played 110 NHL games. Of course, most known for his run of being in a tandem with Brian Boucher in 2010. Yeah, yeah. he played. 
I think he played 18 seasons with 21 different pro teams. He's the uh, AHL's all-time shutout leader. Yep. For goalie stats. He's one of the he is one of the best AHL goaltenders in that league's history. Yep. Just just the dude who could do it down the minors, who could do it really well, then just couldn't really translate to the NHL. He had he had a get a brief chance with the Flyers. He uh, did it. You know what? He did it well when we needed him to do it well. Yeah. And Paddy Kane just just ripped that famous wrist shot of his. And I will, be, I will be the fan to say it. I don't remember. I don't. I I didn't see that goal go in. I really didn't. It still oh, hurts. It, it still yeah. hurts, Matt. This this store. This is still a sore subject. Too soon. Ten years later. Closest that we came, man. It was crazy. Yes, yes indeed. Um, but congrats to the Leighton, obviously. I, I'm not sure if he ever won any Calder Cups down in the minor leagues, but you know he'll he'll be forever remembered in the 2010 Cup run. Unfortunately. Maybe for more negative than uh, positive, but you know, in that in that Eastern Conference final against the Montreal Canadiens, yeah. uh, he was lights out. So, yeah. Um, yeah, any other things in closing, boys? Or are we uh, good to wrap this one up this week? I think we're good to wrap it up, at least on my end. Yeah. Hey. So, uh, Matt, for those of our fan base here on Five Image Radio, where can they find you? maybe on Twitter or Instagram if they wanted to shoot you a follow. Which Matt? Oh, <laughs> Hoagie. Sorry. I think um, most I think most of our following knows <laughs> that they can find Mastro. But uh, uh, Hoagie. You can find me on Insta at HoagieDude21. I don't use Twitter anymore. Uh, you can always hit me up on Facebook. I'm always on there sharing my dad jokes. So <laughs> Who doesn't love a good dad joke? Uh, <laughs> But th- thanks again for coming on, Hoagie. Kind of the last second, we asked you to come on yesterday. You were a big help. It was nice to get the, kind of the crew back together here a little bit. Welcome right. on any time. Of course, Mastro, I will see you tomorrow afternoon at the Flyers game. I'm sure you are amped and just as excited as I am. I'm excited for you guys. I'll be there in spirit. I'll definitely shoot you some uh, good old Snapchats there, buddy. I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mastro, anything you want to add real quick before signing off this evening? Uh, I got nothing. You got nothing. All right. Well, uh, thanks to everyone who will be listening and watching this podcast later this evening. Of course, now I get to work on uploading it to SoundCloud. So go to iTunes. Um, that's where you can view the listen to the podcast icons and iTunes podcast. And of course, now on our YouTube page. So everyone, uh, get the word out, spread the word out. Of course, our Facebook page as well and get everything out there. But, uh, another good episode tonight with two of my uh, better friends and, uh, we'll see the ball. For we will be back next week for another pod, Mastro and I, and um, let's go Flyers. Let's go Flyers.